one that's quite resilient Fight with wit and right this real shit volatility Low civility, don't let vulnerability Lower your agility, this moment is pivotal Crucial, critical, our opponent is intentional Brutally criminal, to be truthful Our response has been useful and pitiful Community defense happens when we control the city to open so we're so excited to have Alyssa Zar here today. Um, Alyssa is an independent local journalist who's been closely covering the Portland protests and the eviction defense efforts at Red House on Miss B. Um, she's very active on Twitter at Revolution Daddy. Uh, that's three for the E there. Um, Alyssa, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Super excited and also really nervous. I'm a huge fan of Pop Mob, so. Oh, well, you don't have anything to be nervous about. And also we can edit this. So <laughs> say whatever. <laughs> um, oh, that, how can I swear on here? Not yes. I watch what I, Okay. <laughs> we need to have a disclaimer for swearing being okay. Um, we also just want to say how much we appreciate your work. Like I, I've just, especially when it's come to like coverage of Red House and a lot of like urgent topics, like I, you know, just consistently running across your threads is super appreciated. The like, mm-hmm devotion you've had to all these like important moments so yeah we like really respect what you're doing yeah you're like you're in my search history as one of the first people i i click on when i need an update so much appreciated and it's great to have a voice and a name associated with rev daddy because you're just rev daddy in my in my mind (laughs) but um anyway yeah so i guess to get started uh can you talk a little bit about how you got into journalism and what it's been like covering uh, you you can't see me, but I'm like sort of vaguely gesturing into the the distance. But just the the absolute shitstorm that has been <laughs> having the last several months. Uh, yeah. Um, honestly, it kind of was the realization, I guess, um, that I could sort of talk to people about things and share information with people who um, would potentially be just as interested and or passionate about certain topics um, that I wanted to talk about. Um, you know, for as long as I remember, I've I've been pretty passionate about a lot of the things I do cover right now. Um, and academically, my background has been um, in sociology, and I found myself gravitating towards, like, on-the-ground research um, so I can kind of be on the ground, see things for myself, and then write about it, analyze, you know, d- do whatever goes into it. but you know, outside of academia, I'm like, it's like, you know, what now? Like, I can't keep annoying my friends with this stuff because no, no one wants to hear about what I want to talk about. Guilty. Um, <laughs> yeah, I guess, you know, I, I feel like that's something a lot of people can relate to. Um, so it kind of just, you know, it kind of just like worked itself out, I guess. Um, yeah, that that's a really incredible way to sort of channel that energy and and also sort of bridge, bridge that gap between being on the front line, but also having some sort of an academic grounding, but not being, you know, an academic piece of shit about it. And you've you've towed that line incredibly well. Um, but yeah, so the other question I had was, what are some things that you feel have been left out or sort of distorted within a lot of the coverage of the protests, like especially from people who haven't spent time on the ground? Um. Oh, God. So much of it. I would say like anything that has brought any kind of like a morale boost, um, any kind of anything that's like positive, really, which th- there really is so much, w- which is 
kind of a weird thing to think about in these like really dark times, um, especially when, you know, on the ground. Um, and it's often something that I struggle with because it's like there's there's so much beauty happening, whether it's people that are speaking or just funny shit that protesters do. And it's like, you know, I, I wish the world could see this or sometimes, you know, even like the mutual aid efforts. But um, for a lot of reasons, those things don't get shown, um, you know, for people, you know, that care about, you know, other people's privacy and, you know, are on the ground. Um, a lot of people leave these things out, you know, because they don't, you know, they don't want to dox people or get people's faces. And it's just a lot of the times it's just inappropriate to film. Um, and then on the other end, it's it's the kind of stuff I don't think mainstream media cares about because it doesn't fit their narrative. So it sucks. But, but there's so much. There really is so much mutual aid. And um, there's a lot of wins to be found in there, which is it's kind of sad to think about how how much we don't talk about um, because of a, a lot of it kind of gets forgotten or you know just kind of brushed under the rug yeah yeah there's so much beautiful stuff that is just constantly happening that it's really hard to convey it's not broken windows or a dumpster fire it's just, <laughs> yeah, uh, exactly. not 11 o'clock news you know <laughs> yeah yeah for sure and it's it sucks too because a lot of it if it does make the news or someone's Twitter feed, um, for a lot of people, it's not shiny enough, hmm. you know, to, to get spread far and wide. Um, so it, I mean, it, it does, it, it sucks. It's unfortunate, um, that for a lot of it, you know, I only people who are on the ground will really understand. Yeah. Thanks, Alyssa. Um, I want to jump back to something you said just about like, some of like the um, etiquette surrounding not filming people's faces and things like that of like, with the work you do, what's it like being unapologetic in your politics and your values in like a field that's like, quote unquote, about objectivity and neutrality? Like, basically, what's it like being a partisan journalist? Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, God, it's, it's really hard. It's really hard because um, I think in being that way, it you lose a lot of credibility with the people that you're kind of taught, like you need acceptance from, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and I struggled, like even not that long ago, I found myself uh, like, you know, I, I didn't expect as many people that like follow me to follow me like I like who like who am I I did not expect it at all and I found myself like when my following kind of grew a little bit um I would like bite back a little bit more on um just being unapologetic and just being myself and expressing myself the way that I always have um and I'm glad that I had that reality check and I'm like, okay, no, like, fuck that. Like, I don't, I don't need, you know, fucking coin to be like, oh, she's credible. We can trust her mm. or whatever. Like Todd from Utah, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah. Fuck Todd. Fuck yeah. Todd, right? <laughs> Finally something we can all get behind. Um, one quick follow up that though, of like, um, like what's, this isn't a trick question, but it's like, what's the difference between like a partisan journalist like you that's on our team and a partisan hack like Andy No? Um, 
That's a good question because um, the way I look at it, I think propaganda and media is often sometimes something that the right gets really right because it's something they do take into consideration and it's something we often like really avoid. Um, but, you know, you see people like Andy No, and it's it's just straight up lies. It's com- just completely made up. There's there's no validity. There's there's no way where you can say like, oh, okay, I can see where he got that take. You know, just complete lies. Um, whereas like, I I feel like <laughs> propaganda on the left is a lot easier because you really don't need to do anything. They they give it to you. The, like it's the police just completely act out. The right are completely out of control. Um, and, you know, people like Andy No criticize, like, leftist journalists for doing things such as not filming faces because it keeps people, um, it keeps people safe. Um, but it's not hiding anything else. It's not lying about anything else. So, I mean, I, there's still things that are being dodged, you know, and there's still things that I'm avoiding when I'm reporting. Um, but I don't think that that doesn't change the story of like what's happening. Yeah. And, and we've had the privilege of like talking to a lot of, you know, incredible local, very, you know, left, unapologetically leftist journalists. And like, you know, I think of people like Amy Goodman or other journalists who like, just do this so well where it's just like you don't have to abandon your values to like report the news or to do it well or even to adhere to like a body of ethics um like it feels more honest to be like yeah um i why would i be neutral about you know like genocide or climate catastrophe (laughs) or like you know what i mean like neutrality in the face of gross injustice is just like yeah (laughs) not a laudable trait you know (laughs) yeah no for sure that's for me that that just makes me not trust the person because how do you not have an opinion on this how do you not feel some kind of way yeah um and that kind of like I don't know that goes to like talking about journalistic ethics like I look at um you know I look at folks covering covering the protest and like yeah there's um some compromises that are made in terms of like, hey, this is my perspective. This is the way that I'm going to like cover this. But like you look at Andy No's timeline and it's like 15 posts just railing against Black Lives Matter and anti-fascist with no context or nuance or even real reporting. Like he's not yeah. like doing reporting. <laughs> he's um, releasing like propaganda to like a rabid audience. So like yeah. um, to take this more to the unfortunate subject of the fucking piece of shit propagandist that is Andy No. Um, can you talk a little bit more about what it's been like to be targeted by him, especially as a Syrian woman, as someone who's, you know, um, just gotten horrendous threats and, and harassment in the wake of his post to his nearly 1 million followers and uh, the, the importance of, of, community support and, and other, um, other things amidst that. Yeah. Um, God, where do I even start with Andy? Um, you know, at at first I kind of brushed it off, but then it kind of kept happening again and again until finally 
he doxed me. Um, and at that point, like, you know, my, my social media handle is what it is because I was reporting anonymously at first. Um, but then I, you know, I posted a picture of my face. Um, at one point I even like, you know, retweeted my phone number because I'm like, you know, fuck this. Like I, I'm going to keep doing what I'm doing. I'm not going to let this, you know, hinder anything or get me down. But you know, it, it was fine and cool until it wasn't. Um, I mean, it, it significantly hindered my relationship with my son. I have, I have a kid who, um, you know, I'm usually pretty quiet about, but like, it's not a secret. It is out there. And I've had, you know, I've had people show up at my house because of, you know, things that he said. And, um, you know, obviously it's a choice that I made, but I kind of refuse to like even like let my son stay at my apartment for um you know almost 2 months because of that fear um and it's it's just wild because he you know he, people like to joke about his you know lack of intelligence but I think he's he's pretty aware of what he's doing and how manipulative he is and he's aware of you know, what he does when he posts something online and kind of the the army that he mobilizes when he does that. And I think that's, that's kind of the difference between a lot of, you know, right-wing propagandists that spread lies the way that he does, which is in and of itself super dangerous. But, you know, he, he intentionally posts things knowing that it will mobilize people and just do like you know mass mass harassments against people online and in person Mm -hmm. yeah and and never like addresses it like people approach him and be like hey these people got death threats after you posted this thing and like there's just never a response you know sure i mean he his lies got people to believe the Antifa started the wildfires and he got people held up at gunpoint and he only his only retraction was the police and the FBI said that it's not Antifa so it's not Antifa you know he he only that's like the closest he's ever come to anything I I thought I forgot that you were there covering that that shit was wild can you can you talk about that situation covering the wildfires and the like conspiracy theories around that um and then like particularly your experience trying to go in that area and cover things um yeah it's funny because like the day before I went or two days before I went I like I posted a joke about uh about the wildfires and Antifa saying that uh, something along the lines of, you know, right-wingers saying it's Antifa. Meanwhile, leftist Twitter is like, what's the most efficient way to bring a fucking fire extinguisher to a protest? Because people were like literally saying that on Twitter. Um, And then, you know, a day or two later, I go with Justin and Sergio um, to cover the, the wildfires and the evacuations and just this, devastation that's happening um and you know catastrophes like this that are in no way shape or form political you know it's all all kinds of people are affected by what's going on um 
So it was really like the last thing that I expected. Um, I knew that it was like a rumor going on, but I didn't know that it was such a believable conspiracy, I guess, to the point where people were actually taking action. Um, and yeah, it just happened so fast. Um, I was crouched down taking a picture and there were three men, three militia dudes with assault rif- or rifles, uh, Two of them were ARs, but yeah, it was pretty fucking terrifying um, just being in this town where, I mean, we, you know, cops and clan go hand in hand, but especially when we're in this like really, really small conservative town um, and for whatever reason, you're, you have guns pointed at you and you're being accused of starting a wildfire and being interrogated on, you know, why you're in their town. It was just, it was completely bizarre. Um, It was one of those things where we didn't really realize how serious it was until like hours later. And this was, even the cops were trying to combat some of this misinformation. I mean, at least some of them, the ones who weren't like, you know, providing legal advice to, uh, (laughs) (laughs) I I couldn't believe that, that, that uh, recording that was released. That was stunning. Wild. That was wild. But yeah, no, the conspiracy got so out of hand that the the police and the FBI had to be like, yo, calm down. That's not what's happening. Oh, and, and for anybody who who missed it, the, the recording that we were talking about was a I think it was a Clackamas County sheriff who was telling people how to shoot someone and make it look like an accident. Yeah. Thank you so much for that context, Renee. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I. <laughs> To the positive side of this, if there's any positive side to like <laughs> hideous harassment campaigns, I, I'm just hoping you could talk a little bit about like, I don't know how, um, you know, like what kind of community support was there for you amidst that and, and maybe like just advice or input for um, people who are committed to this work about how to um, be in solidarity with and support folks who are going through these nightmares of, of like targeting from folks like Andy No. Yeah. Um, oh God, it was, I mean, it was immediate, you know, the, that's, what's so amazing about this community. You know, you, the second you express a need for anything, you know, if someone is able to fulfill that need, it's, it's immediately taken care of. And, um, there was so much support coming from so many people and, you know, including, pop mob which I'm so grateful for um yeah I, I you know I, I had people offering to stay lookout outside of my place I had people offering to stay with me um I had people giving me advice on the best ways to secure my information online um yeah it was it was pretty incredible to just to feel like I had a community there to support me um, and to not feel alone. My advice, aside from <laughs> taking security measures ahead of time and making sure you're protected online, um, is to definitely ask for help if you need it. Um, that's something I really, really struggle with. And I'm grateful that I allowed myself to be vulnerable because the support from the community is really what's kept me going through all of this. God, I'm glad that at least people were there for you. Um, I'm glad that we could be a part of that. Um, And thanks for sharing all that too. Um, I had just one sort of 
last question for you, which is on like a slightly different tone of just with all this crap, what does Revolution Daddy do to cheer you up? <laughs> what brings you joy? Like, what are some things that you can talk about in that regard? What brings me joy? Um, I love music. I love being outside. I'm a huge hermit, honestly. Um, so <laughs> I'm like, if I'm going to like describe what brings me joy, it's probably going to sound like kind of emo and depressing, but <laughs> Oh, um, lay it on us. But no, I just, I don't know. I love music. I love just going on walks, being outdoors. Um, bodies of water bring me a lot of joy, especially the mm. Oregon coast. I could stare at that for fucking hours and never be done Mm. um and just great people which honestly if (laughs) it's like one of the best things about the past six months um I realized how many shitty friends I had in the past and Mm -hmm. how many great people I've met which has just been phenomenal (laughs) and also, like, I love the the collection of hobbies that you present as this vile Antifa super soldier who <laughs> loves to go to the beach and listen to music. <laughs> and it- oh my god, that is what I sound like. I'm so cringy. Wow. <laughs> I like to go. I like to go shooting. You know, like what what else? What else is really badass? So uh, we we definitely wanted to mention that you are Alyssa Zar on Patreon, which we can link to in the show notes. But um, just wanted to ask if there's any other um, kind of projects or things that you wanted to plug or promote um, while you're here. Um, just stay tuned on social media. Um, I'm kind of working on some longer form things right now. Not really sure how they're going to be presented yet, but it's going to be um, on my social media and accessible to everyone. So. Yeah, stay tuned to my social media. Great. Thanks. Send us a link and we'll we'll definitely check it out. Thank uh, you. We we it. so appreciate you joining. We we appreciate your time. We appreciate your work and uh appreciate you talking about some unpleasant subjects, but like I think it's I think it's important that people hear about, you know, kind of the human impact and Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoyed talking to you and I'm so grateful for everything you all do. Thanks a lot. We appreciate it. Solidarity, Conrad. Yeah, it's so great meeting you. Bright and brilliant. Despite the mental illness, quite resilient. Fight with wit and write this real shit volatility. Low civility, don't let vulnerability lower your agility. This moment is pivotal. Crucial, critical, our opponent is intentional. Brutally criminal, to be truthful, our response has been useful and pitiful.